Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 1500 ESPN, one station, three ways to listen. At KSTP AM St. Paul, Minneapolis, in stereo on 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2 and streaming on 1500ESPN.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Dripping in sex appeal. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave's got some questions for us, and Collar will. Uh, we're going to come in. The Vikings just made a bunch of training camp announcements, so we'll talk to Collar about that in ten or fifteen minutes. But questions is here. Let's do it up. Yeah, I don't know why we're waiting to get to those training camp announcements, but we're just going to have to hold off. There was a big just press conference today, you know, Dave. A lot going on. Yeah. Why don't you love sports as much as Matthew Collar does? I love certain sports as much as Matthew Coward does. I don't like press conferences as much as some people do, but that's fine. They've got parking information in here, okay? They do, and they just said it out in a press release, which means we didn't have to have a press conference, doesn't it? We are going to charge you to watch football practice, and here's how we're going to do it. Uh, Yeah. All right. So you guys. I'll let Judd explain to Dave how a press conference works maybe after the segment's over. Or you guys want to fight about it on the air? Oh, there's no fighting. No, I know how to press conference. We're on the works. same page okay. here, right? Like, what if you have questions about the press release? How would you ask them oh. if there's not a press conference? Let Dave have his disdain on this. I think it's good. I enjoy it. I, <laughs> I enjoy his disdain. I, 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 no. You're not being serious, <laughs> Phil, and I'm not going to give you any the time of day because you're, oh, you're, you're, you're being a Richard right now. Uh-huh. I'm not going to give in. He has a tendency to be that way. All right, so you guys gave your pecking order If I were being a true list. Richard, I would stand in my living room for the national anthem when it's on TV. Every time. Oh, you heard that, didn't you? <laughs> oh, you heard I was I was wondering if you were I was wondering if you were watching the twins telecast a couple days ago. I was I have spies. I have uh, spies. Sun, Sunday. Uh, I missed this. Oh Sunday, um Oh, this is see, this is on the radio now. It's gonna come off mean spirited and it's not. Uh, it just felt like Dick, way over the top. Dick Bramer was talking about Father's Day and how he used to watch baseball games with, with his dad in the sixties okay. and they both really enjoyed baseball, but Back in the old days, they would actually televise and or allow you to hear the anthem. Mm-hmm. So in the Bramer household, son and father would stand up for the anthem in the living room. That's pretty cool. And, and uh, that's a cool tradition. That's what, Yeah, that's, that's why cool I'm saying I'm not, I'm not being, cool I'm not being a, <clears throat> mean spirit about this. When I played wiffle ball in the backyard as a kid, my brother and I would sing the national anthem before the ball game. Could you? We assumed that's what you had to do and play ball. All right, yeah, let's sure. go. Yep. Cute. Yep. It was very adorable. I agree. Gosh, we were cute kids. Of course uh, we were. You guys gave your pecking order list of the bucket list uh, sports venues. Give me your top three quick. 
Uh, Judd's were uh, Fenway Park, which will cross out this weekend, Augusta, and uh, and LSU's Tiger Stadium, where people are sending us photos now of like what the debauchery <laughs> looks like. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for that. And I really want to go now. <laughs> right. More so than before. I said Madison Square Garden, Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, and St. Andrews okay. in Scotland. Uh, St. Andrews does sound nice. Uh, I was kind of going through my own list. We matched a couple. Not a ton, but I want to know of the places you have been. So maybe the ones that you have checked off the bucket list. Mm-hmm. What's at the top of that list? Ooh. To tell other people, like, you got to go yes. here. Um, well, Dave's going to hate this, but Wrigley Field, for me, even though it has become sort of cliched to say that as an answer, but Wrigley Field, for me, was awesome. And then I would say... <sighs> I would probably say the Brickyard, even though I'm not a huge race fan. I used to be a NASCAR fan when I was a kid, um, but I haven't really been into racing. But that, and then I'll give you another one too, the Boston Marathon. Although I was there in 2013, a block away when the bombs went off, so I would pick a year in which that isn't happening. <laughs> you might not want the terrorist action. I could but, see that. But it's a cool celebration. It's all day, and then and then there's a Red Sox game and stuff. So uh, those are the three that come to mind right away. Uh, the two the two places that come to mind that are still standing, Wrigley for sure, Lambeau for sure. It's a great it's a great place to see a football Ugh. game. Sorry, I love it. Great place to watch a football game. Might not be a big Packer fan, but Lambeau Field's fantastic. Uh, Go the, watch the Vikings there if you're a Vikings fan. The two the two places that I've been to that are now gone, Yankee Stadium, the old one, was a complete circus, but it was great. Chicago Stadium, Blackhawks game. Now gone, but it was fantastic. It was an utter dump, but I loved it. I agree, though. You should go to Wrigley if you haven't been. Lambeau, that's crap. Don't go there. It's a waste of time. Just because you had a bad experience and a fight broke out on a bus doesn't mean that No, that was Reavers. That was not me. I'm not at any part of that trip. I was the year before. The experience was just fine, but the stadium was very boring. And I Did a sorry. fight break out on the actual bus? And then we can't. And now we can't do that trip I, anymore. I believe that's that the happened. case. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, a little, a uh, little too much liquor, as you can imagine, on a uh, three, four hour bus trip to and from a Monday <laughs> night game or whatever it was. Uh, you guys were talking about Barry Trotz leaving the Washington Capitals, and somebody brought up the question: Well, would you rather have Boods or Barry Trotz leading the Wild? And how much does a coach really impact what a hockey team does on the ice as far as wins and losses? Yeah. This past season, the Minnesota Wild, 45 wins, 26 losses, 11 overtime ties for a total of 101 points by the end of it. Third best in franchise history. If Judd Zulgad were installed today as Minnesota Wild head coach, you got to keep the exact same staff as Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> Even he's shaking his no. head no. How many points? Be, uh, no, it wouldn't be. You've got the same staff. He's more of a front it's office just guy. just a yeah. figurehead. About in fairness, just more of a GM. How many points awful. do the Minnesota Wild get by the end of the season? About 60. <laughs> it, it would make a huge difference. It would make an enormous difference. It would be... Players would hate me. I'd bag skate them. I'd violate <laughs> CBA rules constantly. Suits and I would clash. It'd be awful. It wouldn't be good. And I know there's people saying... Well, you could hire people that know hockey, right? I mean, you could hire your... You've got the staff. I think I know hockey. I just don't think... It would not work. It it would not be... It would be bad. It would be... be, So it's just... It's just... If I'm the coach or if Judd's the coach? Judd's Judd's the coach because he's the hockey guy, the broadcast. Well, if he refuses to delegate, then I think he's... Yeah, I think they miss the playoffs. They're one of the worst teams in the NHL. There'd be infighting. There'd be drama. 
he wouldn't be able to manage the egos. But if he were to just step back and do nothing <laughs> and let the assistant coaches run the show, they'd probably, you know, be over 90 points. I think Bruce Boudreaux is a good coach. I don't think he's a... The, the question would be, you know, if Bruce Boudreaux, what would the gap be between Boudreaux and Trotz or Boudreaux and an actual hockey coach? Uh, Boudreaux to Judd would be pretty wide if Judd tried to coach. Yeah, it'd be enormously wide. Yeah. Like if you tried to drop yes, plays up no, on the whiteboard yes, between work, periods. Yes. It would not work at all. <laughs> what if you delegated everything? All you were in charge of was when to pull the goalie. Practice scheduling, and, maybe. Yeah, scheduling and maybe a motivational speech between periods once in a while. And I delegated it to to a good staff. Yeah, you've got Booth's staff. You've got the whole staff. They I handle line changes. Coach, Matt, I know, still think a head coach. I think it would be. I think the point differential best case would probably be about fifteen to twenty. That's if if I were to delegate this to really good coaches. You're saying you'd get 120 but, points, but their assistants. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'd get that many less. I'm saying that I think Boudreaux is Boudreaux has taken what Yo had and done a better job. And so there, there's a difference there. Oh, for sure. I get I get the fact that that we we can debate exactly how big the difference is. But Boudreaux's good, and if I were to try that job, I would be a miserable failure. We're only a little over two months away from the great Minnesota get together, boys. And today, the Hello, fair folks. has sent out a list of a few food vendors, but also the new food items that will be available. At this year's Great Minnesota Get-Together. I'm counting 27 items on the list. I simply want your top three as you've poured over it, I'm sure, licking your lips and drooling on the sheets of paper I set in For front sure. of you. Give me the top three items that catch your eye immediately and you would consider throwing down a few too many bucks than it probably should cost to indulge. Well, two things first, uh, and then the answer to your question I, f- I find it amazing that there are, I haven't even counted how many, but every year, do we get rid of the same number of foods that we bring in? Because we're bringing in like, we're like, we're bringing in like 40 new foods. Do we, do we, are we adding to the previous foods? Or are we saying goodbye to 40 foods? Well, it's possible that some stands may choose to get rid of some, yeah, some weaker food, sellers, right. but we've got five new vendors yeah. So I imagine most of what they sell might be new foods as well. I also enjoyed Judd looking at the first item on the new foods list and pronouncing it ahi tuna poke bowl. It says poke bowl, but then it okay. says pronunciation. Yeah. Okay, okay, millennial. Yeah. I would have pronounced it poke too. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Yeah, yeah, Dave's got my so back. Eclectic. Dave's got my back. You are a Richard. You yeah, are. Right. It's, <laughs> it's confirmed. You're a Richard. Poke Phil. is so eclectic. It really is. Yeah. Go stand up for maybe, the maybe you guys, I'm sure that, I, you know, they must not have poke in St. Paul. Yeah, why don't you just go back to Bar La Grasse or one of those hoity-toity yeah, exactly. northeast spots? Go back spots. to Milwaukee where you want to Tom Thibodeau goes to Bar La Grasse. <laughs> yeah, and we're <laughs> trying to run him out of town. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have to say the uh, the firecracker shrimp-stuffed avocado is, that's on, is I, very I, interesting. I highlighted that one as well. Love avocado. Definitely. The honey cream soda float is another one. It's made without sugar, so it's got to be healthy then, right? I don't know what they're substituting in there. No. And then and then the, the number one on my like list. Substituting honey. Yeah, but the there's thought. sugar in honey. so not, It's naturally made, Phil. You're not adding extra sugar. Don't be a dummy. Okay. But there, might be some, there might be some additives in there Is there somewhere. any sugar in poke? <laughs> Do you guys think you sound cool, like denigrating poke? Really? We're going to denigrate poke and score a point on Phil here? <laughs> What's the third one? Funny. The slider flight. 
three options on the slider flights. Oh, well, I'm going to eat all of them just to make sure that uh, all the flights they're intact. Yeah, I want nine sliders. <laughs> nine sliders. Is that your mm-hmm. three? Brisket, burger, and pulled pork. Three options of each. Judd, what do you have? I'm with Mr. Polk here. Firecracker, <laughs> shrimp, stuffed avocado sounds very good to me. Then, just to be defiant, I am going with the aha tuni pork bowl. It's it's a ahi, not aha. And then aha, aha. I found the poke bowl. Aha! After the poke bowl, my third one is the turkadon sausage sandwich. I think that sounds good. Here's that's my turducken, not turkadon. Whatever. Here's my question. You ever watch a Thanksgiving game with John Madden? No, it's been a long time. You got the turducken. You it's got been the chicken stuffed and the duck stuffed and the turkey. Boom! You got a turducken. It's been a long time. Here's my question. Who got booted? What vendors got booted? That's my question. Maybe the rook. Well, you do. I think that they do. If you don't have a certain sales uh, point, I believe you, yeah, you, I believe you get booted. So that's the question I want to find out. Who got booted? I hope it's not Super Dog. They seem to do pretty well right across from us. The Rook does the wax hands, right? Yeah. Oh, well, then, yeah, he's, he's probably gone. Is there any food at the wax hands booth, or is it just wax hands? You could probably eat the wax. Well, that would be better than a poke bowl, right? I don't know about that. More I think meat the po- and potatoes I, and American. I, I think the poke bowl. eat wax. The pokey bowl sounds good to me. <laughs> yes. You put your left foot in. All right, let's go. No. You <laughs> yes. can reach across and hit the commercial just, after that. Actually. I just did a little hokey pokey for you. <laughs> It's four hours, all right? I'm trying to fill show You put time. a bullet in this segment. I, <laughs> I know you did. Matthew Collar. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And you know what they need? Tweaks. 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 On 1500 ESPN. It's 7-5. Mackie and Judd now continue. Ready to be back in business or what? On 1500 ESPN. All right, Matthew Collar. Ground level reporting here. The Minnesota Vikings training camp being held in Egan in a month and a half. What's the parking situation? What's the walkthrough situation? What can you tell us about training camp here uh, on the new grounds, Matthew? What did you learn today? Well, something that's really important, really, really important, is that if people plan on going to training camp, you have to have a ticket. There is no show up and then buy a ticket or whatever. You have to get one first, and Vikings.com is where they're going to have them. So you got to make sure that you get a ticket. Otherwise, you're going to go out there and be disappointed. Can I, uh, but, can I, can I go out there and park to do this once I get my ticket, or do I have to go park somewhere else and shuttle it to Egan? You can, you can park there. They say that they're going to have enough parking spaces for everyone to park there, and then they will have alternative options, too, if people want to use some other different way. But the parking situation is going to be pretty solid out there. It's going to be right on the campus, and then people can walk in, and there's going to be the the stadium that they're building right there on the campus where there's going to be a lot of different things going on with, like, for kids and, and games and things like that. And then it's going to be on the practice field where everybody is, and there will be bleachers out there on the practice field. So what's interesting about the way they built it is that they can turn the practice field whichever way they want. Uh, technology, am I right? Yeah. So the, they're going to have these bleachers set up so people can watch training camp from there, and they're going to have a bunch of food trucks that they're having out there. Concessions are going to be a big deal, which was not so easy to get some food in Mankato without walking to one of the local restaurants. Well, in this case, they're going to have it all there. So as long as people make sure they do get a ticket, it sounds like it's going to be pretty easy from there. 
Wow. So we're gonna so so they're gonna make money off concessions. They're gonna make money off pocket. This is a this is becoming a and a hotel is next. financial windfall. Here. A hotel is next. It's yeah. coming. Trust me. Going to charge beat writers to go write features about backup <laughs> linebackers. Um, how okay? My question would be on behalf of fans because I I think where well, the Vikings deserve a lot of credit in Mankato for years. The accessibility for fans, the fact that you could go out, like you said, uh, Kyle, you could show up without a ticket. You could just go get autographs. You could hang out. And you could stand sort of by the entrance where the players go into uh, the university area. You could just, like, players would be riding bikes around. It was very accessible. Not going to be nearly as accessible, obviously, but what's your read on if you're a fan and you loved the access of Mankato compared to what the new experience might be like? Yeah, Mankato was the last of a dying breed. I mean, there are very few training camps that are like that anymore. Uh, I went to Pittsburgh's training camp once, and it's like on in this college in the middle of a field, and it feels very much like Vince Lombardi is going to be over the hill when you show up there or Chuck Knoll or something. And uh, that's kind of how Mankato felt. It felt very much like we're going away for training camp because football – but uh, that's not going to feel this way. No, it's not. I mean, even just having the ticket, I understand why they're doing that because there's going to be such a high level of interest. They wouldn't be able to fit everybody in, so they've got to know kind of the numbers that they're going to have. I get that, but it does take away from the feel. As far as the autographs, it's going to be a pretty controlled situation, I think, where you have um, I, I would guess players will be able to walk over to the stands and give autographs, but it's mostly going to be a, a controlled area where every position group cycles through and people can line up and get their autographs from the position group and kind of go that way. Uh, but, you know, the way it's set up out there is the players are going to come off the field. They're going to walk into the facility. And then where their parking lot is in the back, uh, fans are not going to be able to drive there at all. So it's not going to be a situation where you see players riding bikes around or walking around the facility or anything like that. And, you know, it it will have a different feel. It's definitely going to have a little more stiff feel to it. But probably at the end of the day, the fact that you can go there and park and there's going to be more food options and everything else, uh, we'll maybe balance it out a bit. So it, it looks like like the most attractive uh, potential dates are Saturday, August 4th, which will be the night practice, Matthew, and then a, a couple practices against Jacksonville. So I, I would take it that if you're planning to go, those would probably be one of the three that, that you would want to pick. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the night practice last year in Mankato was – I think one of the coolest things that I've covered since I've been here, and that you know includes an NFC Championship game. It was such a fun night for the fans, and just kind of you know under the lights at this college stadium, and after everything was wrapped up, all the players and their families were you know out there and, and sort of celebrating the end of training camp. I don't know if it's going to have quite the same feel, but this stadium that they're building is really cool. So people who get an opportunity to come see that, they've, they've built basically a high school-sized stadium right on the campus, and, that, and that's going to be a great experience. Now, the joint practices, I've never been a part of one of those. I've never seen how those exactly go. But fights. Mostly fighting, that, and it ends early, and then the coaches get mad, and they, we want fights, and then they cancel them for five years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really understand the purpose necessarily, and every time it seems like the players are unhappy that they have to do it because they feel like there's a lot of guys who are trying to make the team and they see it as their opportunity and it feels like it wears down players. I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of those, and I don't know how exactly those are going to go, but like you said, if you want to see a fight, that's probably the time. 
I think it's done toward, towards the end of training camp under the old adage of our guys are tired of hitting our guys, so we're going to give them something new. And Phil's right. It'll disintegrate in, into about three fights. They'll pull the players off, and, and that's done. So I think that's it. But they always say, our guys were tired of seeing the same jerseys, right? They were tired of seeing their own jerseys. So now they're going to have a different jersey. I don't think it makes a damn bit of difference ultimately, but what the hell. It's fun. Well, you know what's weird about it, to, for, for my standpoint, uh, just looking at this is, you know, last year I thought that they didn't push the guys too hard in training camp. That that they, I mean, appropriate levels, but it wasn't anything crazy, and they didn't do anything like this, and they went 13-3, and three, and they stayed remarkably healthy throughout the season. True. And then you change something. It's just a little bit weird that you would make a change after last year you had really an incredible year overall of staying healthy, and then now you're going to tack on some extra work there. And, and I've, I've heard players do not like these at all, and they see them as basically an extra preseason game. So I don't really know what's attractive about it. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Collar, 1500ESPN.com, Purple Podcast. I saw you posted something here on, on 1500ESPN.com. Joel Corey is a former NFL agent and does some work for CBS Sports now, and he was answering some questions on Twitter. And somebody asked him, what's your best guess to what new contracts for Stefan Diggs and, D- and Daniil Hunter might look like? And on Stefan Diggs, his response was, he shouldn't do a deal with the Vikings unless it's north of $14.5 million per year on average, which is exactly what Devontae Adams' contract looks like with the Packers. If he if 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 we're talking about that kind of money for Stefan Diggs, that would make him the sixth or seventh highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, average annual value, ahead of Julio Jones, ahead of Alshon Jeffrey, and a bunch of other top receivers around the league, and only behind Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, and AJ Green. Um is that I mean, that's the money we're talking about though, right? Is that what you think? Yeah. Oh, I definitely think that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's on the same level or better than Devonte Adams. Uh, Julio Jones wants a new contract, so he he wants to be up there. And I'm certain that the Atlanta Falcons will figure that out. Um, but when you look at some of the recent deals that got signed, I mean, the guy who sets the benchmark here is probably Mike Evans. Where you look at his, and he got over fifty million guaranteed, and you say, well, you know, Stephon Diggs is not quite Mike Evans. Mike Evans, uh, two years ago, was by pro football focus a top five wide receiver. So maybe Diggs isn't quite of that level, but at the same time, he's up there. I, I mean, in terms of what he, he had the second highest passer rating in the league when he was, ball was thrown in his direction last year. I mean, that says a lot about how good he was. And so if you're him, you know that if you hit the free agent market a year from now, when the salary cap goes up even more, when the prices go up even more, and if there's no other big-name wide receiver, you're it. I mean, I think that uh, it makes a lot of sense for him to either only take a gigantic deal or just wait and see because I think what Sammy Watkins' deal proves to us, he got $30 million guaranteed, is even if Diggs does get hurt again, his talent is just too much. I mean, it's too too valuable in a league that wants to pass the ball 600 times or 700 times a year that you got to have top-notch wide receivers. So even if there is an injury, he's probably going to get paid if he decides to hit the market, and that's where there could be some stumbling blocks as far as getting a deal done with him by training. Thank you, Collar. Appreciate it. Bye, Matthew. Thanks, fellows. All right, Matthew Bye. Collar. 
from 1500ESPN.com. By the way, I saw his video. He made 20 of 27 three-point attempts. Did yeah, I told him, uh, thanks a lot for doing that, because it wasn't bad enough that I didn't make one of 27. And he, and he was, missed his first two. No, I know, so but he actually went 20 told, really for impressive. 25. But then the he claimed, well, people were saying that I couldn't make three-point. I said, Matthew, I never said that. We established the fact that you could. He's like, well, I thought I felt that I, I had to go out and show people. I said, you did it just to make me look worse. You did it just to rub it in that I can't shoot threes. And I can get behind that. I know you can. <laughs> Mean-spirited people who work here. I don't understand why we can't have a support system that shows young people like Max that adults can support each other instead of being negative. Remember that the next Friday we have a controversy with one of my write-that-down selections and you decide to rip it to shreds That's because comp- you can't predict well. That's competition. No, we're That's all on the same team here, Judd. That's competitive. No, I'm competitive. You're a jerk. <laughs> um, are you guys going to miss Mankato at all? Or a two-part question. Are you going to miss Mankato? <laughs> Are you ever going to go back to Mankato at any point, any point in your life? Uh, part two, probably not, unless it's for a hockey I game. I went for college parties and for training camp. And then, and both of those phases are now in the rearview mirror of my life, for now, anyways. I, maybe I there's think, another time where I'll go back for college parties. I think I, I did it so many times that I won't, You're just from a Vikings it. perspective. I saw it enough. It was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time where that was pretty neat. But having been there as a fan in the 90s, having been there for the uh, Star Tribune as a beat guy, and then for us, I think I saw it enough. Mm-hmm. I think I got the gist. Did you get down there ever, really, Dave? You didn't really Working? Know. No. No one ever invited me. <laughs> I went you're down always, there a lot of he's times He's always as a waiting kid. for the invite. Such a victim he mindset. He's always waiting for the Such invite. Such a victim no, I, mindset. I, I, well, someone's got to be back here because you guys can't be trusted to go or to stay here. I don't know. Um, now, I went there <laughs> a lot of times together. as a kid, and the, th- and the thing was I'd go with my brother and my dad. My dad would always make sure to get a photo of the two of us with the head coach. So there's actually photos of me, myself and my brother with even Jerry Burns. Wow. And then Denny, you know, in front of the big Minnesota or, you know, Mankato State or whatever it was at that time sign. Yeah. Who was Bring the last coach? Did you guys get one with Chili? No. No, so, I think Tysie? Denny would have been the last one. Ticey, mm. you might have been. Maybe Ticey. I think Denny was probably the last one. Okay. I remember getting Herschel Walker's autograph as just a little kid with about a 91 or so. So I would have been like seven years old. Oh, terrible dream. He was, you know, walking back to the dorms or whatever. And I'm amongst a throng of 50 people trying to get his (laughs) autograph. I'm the littlest one there. Hey, Herschel, Herschel, you know, holding up my uh, program or whatever I had. And he signed it and then couldn't find me. And I'm screaming, it's me, it's me. Pre, Pre-Boomtown, back in, in the day when I, I was doing freelance work down there and would, would go down for a night at a time, there was a bar called the Albatross. And I'm not kidding you guys. These players would race. They, they'd get done with, with their meetings at night. And guys like Jim McMahon and Steve Jordan and that whole crew way back would race to this bar. Wow. And it was an old, grimy bar. And these guys could, like, McMahon was incredible. He could pound beers. It wasn't just impressive. Doesn't strike me as a it guy was, who uh, it got was, into the. It was <laughs> oh, legendary. You would watch him drink, and you'd think, "I'll never be that good." And now we know what you've aspired to be ever since you <laughs> and saw I've that. Never, and I've never been that good. <laughs> Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On fifteen hundred ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's one of the funniest things that ever happened in sports. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackey and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. 
A few hours ago, earlier on the show, we had our weekly scoop segment with our guy Doogie, and and he actually, uh, you can find a full-length interview with him and Brian Windhorst speculating on all kinds of wolf stuff on that uh, on that feed and we'll just set it up this way we got into we asked him what are some highlights and some nuggets from the brian windhorse conversation and what else might be going on with the timberwolves as we get into reckless offseason speculation mode well he certainly was pretty open about the fact that jamal crawford didn't like tibbs and as we've said for a while i know the date is still a couple days away but it's pretty much official i mean he's let them know yeah through his agent, that he won't be back. He will exercise his player option. Jamal Crawford has zero interest in returning to the Wolves. Now, I'm sure a lot of fans say, you know what? Good riddance. Right? I mean, you look at his numbers, he had a very pedestrian season. Maybe worse than that. Now, I still contend, and I'm admittedly biased, because I've gotten to know Jamal long Mm -hmm. before he came here. But I actually think he won them some games. But you can make the case he had a disaster of a season. So I get it. A lot of Wolves fans, I think, Phil, you're in this boat. You're like, Jamal, goodbye. Thanks for everything. Yeah. See you later. I but think I can he just can tell help, you. He can help teams. But not it's he he said it in you know, he said it on the record with Johnny K this week, Jamal himself. This team is not a good fit for him and vice versa. It just wasn't. There's too many guys who need the ball and they just have too many deficiencies with defense and three-point shooting, and he didn't help you in any of those ways. So. That's why I just don't get why they didn't sign Gerald Green. Gerald Green was begging for a job. Yeah. Last September, he comes here for a free agent workout. He would have signed here in a heartbeat. He's a guy that just catches it and he shoots it. He doesn't need to be on the ball. So, yes, in many ways, Jamal was never a good fit. Whether he ends up with the Warriors, yeah, who knows? Maybe LeBron ends up with the Lakers. He goes that route. He will land somewhere. I think he signs for the biannual. I don't think he's a veteran minimum guy, but maybe he's a veteran minimum guy. The Warriors did have interest in Jamal a year ago. But, yeah, I mean, you can make a case that, that yeah, he just he wasn't a good fit, and, yeah, he's on the record. But, but yeah, Brian went on the record, you know, pretty strong. And we've talked around this, but Brian was pretty strong, and certainly Brian has a good relationship with Jamal. And Brian said, yeah, Jamal just doesn't like Tibbs. Hmm. Didn't like it here. You know, right. I mean, family-wise, you know, everything. I mean, he loved living in the West Metro, all that good stuff. But but team-wise, you know, everything that entailed being a member of the Timberwolves, he just didn't like. He was ready to get the bleep out of here. Also from Brian, you know, he certainly talked around Carl Anthony Towns, Tom Thibodeau. I mean, stuff we've talked about. You know, Brian's words were, you know, they have some things to iron out. You know, as I've said, these are adults. Just get into a room have adult conversations, they can figure out those issues. But yes, do I believe that Carl Anthony Towns was upset when Vince LaGarza, his favorite coach, was let go? Yeah, I think that is pretty accurate. But I'm just telling you, just have adult conversations. Those issues can be figured out. I guess maybe not all that interesting, maybe more fascinating, but but Brian is a big fan of Nemanja Bialica, restricted free agent. So he's curious to see the market. There was a national report about a week ago suggesting that both Utah and Phoenix, like Bielitsa, I can tell you that is accurate. I think there are more teams than that that have an interest. But the Wolves can always match, but I guess that depends on what they do with their mid-level, how close they are to the luxury tax. You know, So it's going to be an interesting stretch here You know, of, of two or three weeks. I mean, tomorrow's the deadline on Cole Aldrich. He's under contract next year at $6.96 million. That is not fully guaranteed. So we know that Cole Aldrich is not a member of the Wolves next year at $6.96 million. The deadline is tomorrow night. A shade under $2 million is what's guaranteed. 
So more than likely, the Wolves are going to waive Cole Aldrich by tomorrow night. But there's still some dialogue in terms of can you find a potential trade partner? You'd have to add a sweetener, but could you do something bigger? You know, Gorgie, Aldrich, does it involve the pick? And you'd have to do it in the next 24 hours, basically. Yeah, because then the other team would want to waive Aldrich. I mean, you're taking on Cole just to get rid of him. I mean, I think what the Wolves may end up doing is if you can't find a trade partner, you waive him and you stretch him. So you can stretch that $2 million cap hit over three seasons. So in terms of how close they are to the luxury tax, it might make more sense to take like $700,000 cap hits, you know, six fifty, whatever the math is on $1.96 million divided by three. Take that over a three-year stretch versus just taking that $1.94, $1.96 million cap hit immediately. But we know that that decision is is forthcoming. So look for news on Cole Aldrich tomorrow. By the way, on Aldrich, I am told, here's here's a scoop. He recently had a PRP injection for an Achilles injury, platelet-rich plasma. He was in a walking boot. His Achilles? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a new injury. I was going to say, it can't be new. Just wear and tear. Yeah, well, when I mean, you don't play, it can't yeah, be new. I mean, I'd like to think he competes in practice, but yes, he didn't get on <laughs> the court. He played in games in as games. much as I did from press row. Yeah, but I'm told that, that the injection, the PRP injection, has no bearing. It's not like there's any you know insurance protection, injury protection, anything like that. It has no bearing on what the Wolves will do tomorrow. So again, look for the Wolves to part ways in some fashion with Cole Aldrich. So, Doogie, when, when we go to, down this path of Crawford uh, privately at least not being pleased with Tibbs, the Gerald Green thing, you, you've brought, brought up a few times. Yeah, I mean, fact, I'm a broken record on yeah, that, but no, I mean, he but, I mean, wanted to be here. You've brought up the, the fact that there have been uh, calls made by agents that, that have not been returned. What do you think, or what's the going perception of Tibbs as both an executive and coach right now uh, as you try and recruit guys here and say, hey, you know, Jamal's gone, so come and sign here. What's the perception of this franchise right now, in your opinion, around this league? You know, it depends on who you talk to. There are some people who think the world of Tibbs. I mean, I know that Luol Deng is broken right now, that Joe Kim Noah is broken right now, but think about all the millions of dollars those two guys have made in large part because of Tom Thibodeau. Sure, but they're antiques Derek now. Rose was nothing for the last year plus, right? Comes here, had a bit of a resurgence. There are guys that swear by Tom Thibodeau. I can tell you there are some agents who absolutely hope their client lands at pick 20. Maybe in large part because you get the guaranteed contract. You'd rather have your guy go 20 than 34. But there are some agents that say, hey, They just don't have enough wings. Even if Tibbs shows a reluctancy to play rookies, he won't have a choice. They just don't have guys. So I can just just tell you, there are agents who hope their guys land here. But yeah, there are certainly agents that wouldn't have their clients work out here because of the toxic nature of everything and maybe just some past bitterness. Is the Okay, the toxic nature uh, of everything that you've reported on and we've seen so many different platforms and publications hint at it, and there's just there's so much smoke here. Is it fixable? I mean, is it something when you talk about on the Towns uh, Butler and and Tom Thibodeau front, like is is that part of it fixable? Is is the tension between Glenn Taylor and Tom Thibodeau fixable, or is it just hey Tom Thibodeau is going to be kind of a short term guy and he's going to go out in a blaze of glory, and whether it's 
after this year or next year, and if you don't win big in the next two years, then that's just going to be the end of it. I mean, how? where do things stand, and how fixable are things? I mean, it could be both, right? I mean, I think the issues are fixable, but he also might get canned. I mean, I'm not thinking it's too much of a stretch that one year from now we're talking about new leadership here. I mean, I just don't think that's asinine when you look at the landscape in the West, expectations heading into next year. I mean, if the Wolves go one and done again, losing five games in the first round, and Tibbs has two years, $16 million left in his deal, Glenn Taylor might say, hey, three years, enough is enough. It's time to make a change, especially if you end up losing Jimmy Butler. Like if Jimmy doesn't sign an extension this summer and financially just doesn't make sense for Jimmy to sign an extension this summer, if you're Jimmy, you absolutely need to wait. You wait until the summer of 2019. You exercise the option, the opt-out, so you become a free agent. And if you want to resign with the Wolves then, that's fine. But you can make more money waiting a year. you know. But if Jimmy ends up leaving in a year, that's when Glenn might say, yeah, I mean, come on, Tom. I mean, we thought Jimmy would be here long term. Sorry, you know, we didn't have the success we were looking for. I still think adults just just have conversations. It doesn't feel like there's a lot planned beyond this year. And if their chips no, are in this year's basket, they're not going to... It's a year-to-year proposition. But if yeah. LeBron comes to the West, too, if LeBron comes to the Lakers, you're at least fourth in line in the Western Conference if you have a good season because you're behind the Warriors, you're behind the Lakers, and then you're behind the Rockets. So it it, it just feels like at some point it's going to be Carl Anthony Towns left to clean up the mess with Glenn Taylor in a year or two. Jimmy Butler's not guaranteed beyond this season. All right, well, what would you do then? And by the way, Tibbs is 60 years old. I mean, when you're 60, Mm -hmm. when you won in Chicago, you are who you are. You're not changing all of a sudden when you're 60 years old. I would pick one of two paths. I think you either have to do anything you can to acquire a Kawhi Leonard or just like literally a one-year, let's make this team as good as we can for one year. Um, I mean, Kawhi Leonard would be the one that you sure, would approach Paul them. Sure, go the Paul George route, and now Oklahoma City feels really confident about their chances to retain Paul George. Or if you couldn't put more chips in this year's basket, because right now, I mean, they're probably a playoff team, but if they add a couple little three-point shooters here and there, they're not the Warriors, they're not the Lakers with LeBron James. No, but they are or, a playoff team. Or, okay, and that's fine, uh, but then it fizzles anyways when Jimmy Butler leaves, and what do you have left other than uh, a bloated Wiggins contract and Carl Anthony Towns? Mm-hmm. Or, and this would never happen because Tom Thibodeau would never allow this to happen, if you if you thought you couldn't compete in the Western Conference at the highest level this year, shouldn't you then start to do more to stockpile for three years down the road? I would trade Jimmy Butler before the season started. I would trade him in two weeks and get assets for him. If you don't think that he's going to be part of a core that competes in, in the last year of his contract, then get rid of him and trade him before his knee blows up again. I don't think you hit reset after one year, though. I okay. mean, if that's but, but, the idea, then you keep Laurie Markinen, who, oh, by the way, had a really good rookie year for the Bulls. Glenn Taylor was on the podcast a year ago right after the draft. He said Markinen was their guy. If they stayed at pick seven last year, they were going to take Laurie Markinen. Yeah. So... It was a year ago, right? So I don't think you hit the reset button. I mean, they could right now have Chris Dunn, who at least is a capable backup. He had some moments Mm -hmm. for the Bulls. I mean, he can be a rotation guy. I don't know if he'll ever be a star, but you could have Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and Laurie Markkinen right now. I mean, imagine if you had those three with Wiggins, with Towns, 
then presumably you don't sign Taj but, Gibson. But, Dukes, that's not Tibbs' plan. Tibbs' plan... No, it's not. Tibbs so that's what I'm saying. So I'm telling Philly's not going to hit the reset button. I think the fatal flaw... I think it's very s- simple to say that these adults should sit down and have a conversation. But I think the fatal flaw here is this. You got Glenn, who's Glenn... And you got Tibbs, who's got ultimate power, and you don't have a third adult in that that room to say to say to Tibbs, Tom, calm down, let's have a conversation here. And the way that Tibbs is wired, and the way Tibbs doesn't see a a plan, what Tibbs sees is I have to win. I'm going to try and win right now, and and that's why I've soured on this entire thing because, and this is my fault, I didn't think that through. But they would be better off if this is the plan. If Tibbs is going to be the coach in 2018-19, which he will be, then I think the plan should be go get uh, go and try and do your best to get another superstar, combine them with, with this group, because this is going to be short-lived. This is going to be a burst, and then it's done. And it can either be a playoff berth, or if you get potential uh, person to add to it, a potential star, it can actually be at least some type of playoff run. But I don't see anything here where you're actually going to get these people to sit down and have a discussion that's going to end with Tibbs saying, you know what, this is a good idea. It's a five-year plan. Oh, I think you're right. I just don't think it happens. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Now, who is that superstar? I mean, I guess Kawhi Leonard is the obvious one that comes Mm -hmm. to mind. You know, but everybody's chasing Kawhi, and there's still a chance that Kawhi stays with the Spurs. They can pay him the most, $215 million. Like, he's already, and all he's those stories are out there. He's already floated that he wants out, though. So I think he's, yeah, well, he's probably thought about that aspect. who, though? I mean, the word is Leonard and Popovich have not sat down and talked. I'm just saying, yeah, I guess if I had to bet, Leonard ends up elsewhere in a trade. But I'm just saying, I'm not dismissing the possibility of Leonard actually staying in San Antonio. So who else would that be? By the way, on Glenn... I'm telling you, I'm convinced if they had lost the Denver game at the end of the regular season, somebody's head was going to roll. I don't think it was Tibbs. Maybe it was Layden. Maybe it was somebody but Layden, else. Layden, but I also let's think, be honest, who cares? I can tell you, there are people that have gone to Glenn to say, are you sure you want to keep rolling with this model, this outdated model? Well, they're not wrong. Of the guy having all that control, you not the agree? one guy. They're not, they are not wrong. They're not wrong. No, I'm with you. So... Glenn has been told that. I think Glenn has contemplated that. What's also interesting on Glenn is I have reached out to Glenn yet again in the last 72 hours. He has gone silent. And I've always said this. Glenn is as accessible an owner as there is. Forget this town. Forget the NBA. In all of sports, he really is. He does interviews. He has gone silent since, really since the Rick Brunson fiasco. Okay. So I don't know if he's embarrassed by that, whatever it might be, but he just doesn't want to answer Wolf's questions right now. I'm convinced at some point he'll start doing interviews again. I don't think he's going silent forever, but it is interesting that Glenn isn't willing to do interviews. Right now. Uh, great stuff from Doogie. If you if you miss his scoop podcast ever, and if you if you missed any of our stuff about Brian Windhorst and some of the Nuggets, the Scoop Podcast, fifteen hundred ESPN dot com, and uh, obviously Mackie and Judd on demand as well. Let's talk for a brief moment here about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. For my money, and in my opinion, anyways, Luther Brookdale Toyota, six ninety four on Brooklyn Boulevard. Right now, the two thousand eighteen Camry. Is one of the hottest cars in the country. Uh, sleek new, sportier exterior. You got an eight-inch multimedia touchscreen in the middle console, and uh, and and that includes the Entune 3.0 system, which speaks to your style with a customizable home screen, and also the standard Entune 3.0 app suite. 
connecting your phone to your vehicle, to your speakers. Go in and ask for a test drive. They'll even hook your phone up to the car so you can sort of feel what it would be like with all the access and all the apps and the logins that you have. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Check out that Luther Lounge while you're at it, too, with two massive flat-screen TVs, super comfortable area with workstations, uh, Starbucks, coffee, tea, cookies. Mackie and Judd now continue. you got to act excited. you got a gift. you got to act excited. But some of you are going, what do I know? On 1500 ESPN. Day afternoon with the Garage Logic crew. GL will be broadcasting live this Friday, one to three, from O'Gara's at the fair for the 48th or 45th annual MSRA Back to the 50s. Voted USA Today's Best Car Show of 2017. Back to the 50s will feature over 10,000 street rods and custom cars, live music, hundreds of vendors, and more. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, David. That was a good little scoop session with Doogie. Podcastable. If you want to go back and find us, Mackie and Judge show page, 1500ESPN.com. Jamal Crawford, I think, fits well on a team that's ready to win the championship because that's like clearly one of the unchecked boxes of his career and fits well on a team that just needs somebody that maybe has a bunch of shooters or defensive players around like second unit. And and he can just come in, and he's not taking the ball away from Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler. And he never seemed to fit right here. Even even though I think he's better than Andrew Wiggins, they're both flawed. And like I get that Jamal Crawford's thirty eight, but right now, who's the better player? I think Jamal Crawford. Well, I, I don't know. They're probably pretty. Equal. They might be close right like now. Like Andrew yeah. Wiggins could be far better, but doesn't. But I I still want Wiggins to have the ball in situations where Jamal Crawford would oftentimes take it over and be dominant. and Yeah, he didn't so, necessarily work. I think Warriors or Lakers, if LeBron goes to the Lakers, would be fun spots for Jamal Crawford. I would root for Jamal Crawford in those two spots. And he was with the Warriors like 10 years ago Houston or something, too, for a minute, wasn't he? Would, would Houston work for him? Boy, Houston could work for him. Yeah, Houston could work for him. And when he gets hot, he can obviously shoot threes. Like He'd have no shame yeah. in shooting six three-pointers every night. He might even get some better looks too with Houston, but some of the, some of his looks are up to him. Like he'll get looks that he chooses to get. Yeah. Oh, there's a hand in my face. I don't care. This is a heat check. So I just think it's intriguing that he came here based on on the fact that he thought that there was going to be a philosophy for how he was going to be used in playing time, and he didn't get that. So I, I think there's two things here. I think one is is that there's a mutual parting of the ways because he wasn't the fit that we. And he expected, mm-hmm. but I think the bad thing is he's the type of veteran free agent that a team signs and that you at least want to have a good experience. And it's pretty clear behind the scenes. He didn't necessarily with, with the head coach. Yeah. And that's a problem because I think this is very much a league where you call, you call around and like, what'd you think of the wolves? And he's probably going to say, you can go there. Yeah. It'll be very telling if he signs with an equal or lesser team, if he winds up with, you know, like the Pelicans or something, just some random, yeah. like decent team that made the playoffs, but isn't a contender. That'll be that'll be pretty telling. It'll be pretty telling. And if it had been a genuine, it just didn't work out. But both sides were were sort of pleased with each other. That's different. But I think that we can read between the lines pretty clearly that that there's dissatisfaction from him, and he's a really popular guy. So that's not the best thing. Yeah. But he was awesome. Uh, he was a guest on our show a few times. He was great on our show. He's, he's a fan. great dude, and he's a fun basketball player to watch. And he will still be on the scoop no matter what. I guarantee that. Yeah, he was a regular on the scoop three years ago. 
two years before he came from to the Timberwolves. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mackie and Judd show page. If you want any of our on-demand content, 1500ESPN.com. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Thunder, thunder, feel the thunder. Thunder, thunder.